Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You know this. Got Fantasy Feast Podcast today. Even Money Podcast, the NFL betting one, College Draft, the College Football Betting Podcast, both already posted for the week. Two days away from announcing winners that spread the word via social media or take advantage of one of our sponsors. Or just subscribe and reply to any YouTube video, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. How about our latest patron? Come on down, Kevin Lee. Kevin is part of the family now, patreon.com slash RT Media, the best place to see all of the even money bets in black and white, the vaunted grades spreadsheet. Very excited, by the way. For today's Wisdom Wednesday, it's a big show. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined by a guy that I've been looking to get on the show for months. He's a a fellow member of the NFL podcast industry, long-term member of the NFL podcast industry, like mine. I guess, and I'm, I'm guessing, and I think a lot of you guys Listen or watch the Around the NFL podcast as well. Mark's been part of it for years. Does a terrific job with Greg and Dan and the team over there. And you can check him out on social media at Mark Sessler. Mark with a C S E S S L E R. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sorry it took so long. Uh, you know, the late summer I think was when we were planning it. Things were a little busy, but um, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, you know it's interesting. Because it it probably works out even better now. So Mark obviously you know follows the entire league and talk about the entire league, but I also know that he has a a really deep rooted Browns fandom. And man, the Browns are arguably the most interesting team to talk about this year. There's so many fascinating aspects of it, whether it's Coach of the Year, or Defensive Player of the Year, or all the guys on IR, or Flacco, or uh, just everything. I mean, I think I saw a stat. They're the first team since at least 1950 to win uh, games with four different guys 
as starting quarterbacks, although I'm assuming the Vikings will break that pretty sooner. I think Mullins will get a win, so it'll be Mullins, Dobbs, uh, Jaron Hall, and uh, obviously Cousins. Although I don't feel like in that instance, Mark, to me, like Jaron Hall shouldn't really count. I think that one game against Atlanta, he was out there for like a series maybe, and then Dobbs came in and won the day, which I guess is the flaw in the one-loss record for quarterbacks always being a product of who takes the first snap. Yeah, and I think, you know, Cleveland's won two-plus games with four quarterbacks, um, which, you know, I think coming into this season, and I, you're right, like talking about the Browns now versus where we were, like, say, in August. Where, and honestly, my fandom, I'm, I'm just going to be real, like, took a bit of a hit because I kind of never supported the Deshaun Watson thing at all. I thought, like, Cleveland, for being longtime losers, um, were always a team that I think anyone in a, in a bar room could say, it's the Cleveland Browns, like, we just support them, and we, it, it, no one would have a big problem outside of Steelers or Ravens fans with the Browns thriving. Um, I think they changed the narrative a little bit there. They became, they, I, I didn't love that decision, obviously. Um, this version and what we're getting right now feels entirely different. And, and I think like Kevin Stefanski, who came into the season on a little bit of a hot seat just because of the Deshaun thing and like where the power might be if, if they failed this season, um, has really proven, um, he did it with Jacoby Brissett a year ago, his value in terms of coaching up quarterbacks, like the PJ Walkers, the DTRs, like and what he's done with Flacco, um, it's a really interesting team. And and to your point, they've got so many; they're so battered. And there are a lot of teams like that right now, and especially at quarterback. But I mean, Cleveland at one point had you know Teller as their only healthy lineman from the start of the season, playing when Joel, Joel Batonio went down with a back injury. And so they've got two tackles right now, who according to PFF rank is like the bottom five um, out of like 82 guys. And, and you could see that. And like, you've got guys like, you know, Callahan coaching up that offensive line and using certain protections where it's like every week, this Browns team keeps losing people. And the stories coming out of the locker room is that there's just this innate belief and they're winning games like they did on that against the bears that I, you know, have been a fan since 1986. I've watched the Browns lose those games a thousand times, and for this reason, for some reason, this season, um, there's something going on in that locker room that is a little hard to explain on paper. Because on paper, they should be undermanned week after week, and they keep getting it done. So much good stuff there, and I I did remember either hearing you somewhere, Mark, or reading you talk about you know um, what Deshaun Watson's trade and signing meant for your fandom. And I kind of wanted you to expound upon that a little bit. Cause I think that that's actually very relatable. I think a lot of people, it's really easy from afar to say, I would never root for that guy. I would never want my team to have that guy, etc." But then when your team is actually the one that does it, it's a little bit different. And then you have to kind of decide what you're going to do with it. Um, I know there were people that said, you know, I'm not going to be a fan anymore. I always wonder how many of them sort of stuck with that. And I'm not judging one way or the other. And I think people being conflicted, that makes sense. Although it's interesting that they're having this resurgent year and fun year really without him, right? Like really, he's not, he's not even part of it. So why don't you just speak to that first, Mark, uh, the conflicted emotions, being a Browns fan since 86 when the team decided to make the trade for Watson and what, what that was like then and, and kind of what it's been like 
over the last two years, year and a half, whatever it's been. Yeah, I mean, it's a like I like conflicted is the right the right word because you know I have a fandom that goes back to to middle school and. and we all know what it's like when you fall in love with a sports team when you're that age, when you, you, know, you can't drive, you can't leave your house. Like Sports just become your kind of portal to the bigger world. And the Cleveland Browns became this immense fascination for me. I knew back then I wanted to be like a writer or involved in sports in some way. And I was like, I'd be in my room you know, writing my own little sports magazines about the Browns and drawing. Um, I love to draw like drawing Browns pictures of like, you know, Frank Minifield and, and Webster Slaughter and Bernie Kosar and all those guys that, you know, really were my, were like my, my like kind of looking on what an adult could do, whether it was covering sports or being an athlete. Um, so, you know, now I'm 50 years old and I'm watching the Cleveland Browns sign a player that um, obviously comes with incredible baggage. And a lot of that was just unresolved when they signed him. And I thought that it felt a little, um, Whoever signed him, it was a little desperate because you have to mortgage, um, I think, some of like your message to the fans. And, and, and I, like, the one thing I find difficult is that I've made so many close um, friendships with Browns fans like on Twitter and all over the place um, over my time at the NFL. And when I kind of came to this decision, like, it wasn't just Deshaun Watson. Like, it was like everything the Browns had done over the course of like 20 years, plus this as the anti-cherry on top. I just was like, I'm kind of out, like, I have to talk about sports all the time. Like, I'm covering football. It's like I, our show around the NFL podcast, like, we're all each fans of a team. We're not trying to, like, put a wall up between that. We're really real about that. Like, Dan Hansis is a died in the wool, died in the, like, he's an absolute, like, passionate Jets fan, and you can feel him hurt every week with that team. And, like, I was the same way with the Browns. So I, I kind of just put it on pause for a little bit because it's like, would I, I thought, would I come back to Cleveland? If things changed, um, sure, like we have to change. And I also think that, you know, forgiveness is important and all that other stuff. So it's like, I'm not trying to be a moralist or judge everything, but I thought it was a tough situation to explain to a lot of people and to my own kids, like why I would support like the Deshaun Watson situation. And I, I just sat with that. Um, I've thought about it a lot. And what's happening this year, it's like, I'm a little bit more like I, this experience feels a little removed from some of those decisions. And it's, I mean, between you and me, it's not. It's been really weird watching Joe Flacco, who um, devastated the Browns for like 15 plus years, to come in and be the quarterback. But it's like football's strange this way, and you get these narratives and these stories. And like, this is a version of Cleveland that reminds me of the better teams they've had of, from yesteryear, where it was like against all odds, they're going to fight. And so I watch with an interested eye, and like, I think my Browns fandom sort of sits in a weird place still because it's like it's still the same people that made this decision, um, but. I don't know. It, it's. It, I don't think. I don't think a lot of other football fans are in this position. I think if he, if he had gone to the Saints, I know a bunch of Saints fans that would have that told me they would have felt also very conflicted. So it's just this thing that's in flux, and obviously you can tell it's hard for me to verbalize and explain. It's it's a strange situation you know, to be in. Mark, I I actually think you did it perfectly because it isn't an easy situation there isn't a simple answer right like right. you've been a, a diehard Browns fan since before Deshaun Watson was even born so it's like are you going to give that up because the organization as currently constituted made the decision to bring him in um, it is very interesting though how this season has unfolded you know they're still tied to him 
for three more years with obviously the idea being that he'll be a franchise quarterback and, and all of that stuff, which is why I guess I would encourage Browns fans to really enjoy every second of this ride this year because this does feel to me like very genuine, very authentic. You know, the Browns always have felt like underdogs. I've often said, Mark, and I think I would throw Lions fans in here maybe as a close second. I think there's a strong argument that the Browns have the best fans in the NFL. I know a lot of Browns fans, actually, not just in Cleveland, but people here in Pennsylvania, that they are diehard and really without getting almost any type of return on investment, right? Like the, 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 the time in motions invested, what they've gotten in return, which is why I love when the Browns are good and doing well and, and what we're seeing from the Lions. And I, I have a question for you as it relates mm-hmm. to that. So would you stand on the table, which is an expression that they use in the NFL, would you stand on the table if I said you could only give an impassioned speech for one, Mark? Miles Garrett as Defensive Player of the Year or Kevin Stefanski as Coach of the Year? Which one would you choose and why? Well, so Kevin Stefanski's obviously won that award. Um, I think in the last month he has risen up in the eyes of many where it's just becoming clear that um, if you listen to comments from the players that the kind of the aura, the belief in self that Kevin Stefanski is creating um, week to week as they're planning for these games and the way that they're able to look at each game as a singular entity. Um, and, I, you know, it, Kevin Stefanski, the one thing else I mean, even keel, no matter what has happened over these years, you didn't, you don't see him freaking out. He's a very even keel guy, and I know his dad was in sports, and he learned. I think he kind of learned a lot from that lineage. Um, so I really think he's 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 a he deserves that award potentially. Um, I think someone like D'Amico Ryan's is in that conversation. There are others too, Shane Steichen. Um, I, I'd have to pound the table for Miles Garrett because he's come so close to this um, in years past, and it, it's. To me, the weight of what this defense has had to do through so much tumult on offense, um, week to week, and their belief when the offense is not performing. And I'd point to that Bears game where it's like the Bears score one offensive touchdown. They get a pick six. They get a field goal in there. It's like Cleveland's defense um, down, down by a bunch in the fourth quarter, and we've seen this over and over, had to fight. And, and the difference between this year's Miles Garrett and some of the previous years when, you know, he didn't have Jim Schwartz coaching the, coaching the defense. He didn't have pieces around him. He was sort of a man on an island doing all he could is that he's more supported right now. Um, but I would say that more in a T.J. Wattish type fashion, you could point to four or five or six games where something he's done in the latter final minutes has changed the narrative. Cleveland's won six games by four points or less, and a bunch of those have been comebacks. And a lot of them have included major moments from Miles Garrett, which is we know how these voters think. Um, so I would pound the table. It's close, but I would say Miles Garrett has done enough where um, more, for me more than Micah Parsons, for me more than TJ Watt this time around, it's his award. Um, I think he's done it. If, if they could go in this fashion from now until the end of the year and they make the playoffs, like I don't know what more you could ask from a first round number one overall pick than what Miles Garrett has done in 2023. I pound the table. Mark for Labatt Blue Light every day on this show. 
I, like I think that. everybody listening should drink some Labatt Blue Lights this weekend for the holiday weekend. While you're watching football, live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You know, it's interesting, uh, Mark, because I, I really enjoyed um, last year reading your quarterback rankings. And I know that you, you gave that up this year and it's um, Nick, uh, uh, Nick Shook is doing them now and doing a good job with them as well. Uh, I'm curious about that undertaking because it's funny, you know, I do a lot of radio hits nationally and people are always asking me like, where is he ranked as a quarterback? Where is he whatever? And I'm not going to lie. It's hard off the top of your head to to think of all 32 guys or whatever, right? So I would very often, real quick Google, Mark Sessler, NFL.com quarterback rankings because I had respect for your rankings. And I wouldn't just regurgitate what you had there, but I would look at where you had the guy listed and I would say, you know, for me, I think he's comfortably a top eight guy right now. I'd put him as, and maybe you had him at nine or whatever, right? But at least it gave me like a frame of reference. Cause so often you say to somebody, yeah, he's not a top 15 quarterback. And you know, maybe he's the 16th or 17th best. And when you say it, they're like, what? Yes, he is. And then you go through and you actually list them all. And they're like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> now this year's a little bit different because of all the injuries, but it, it's a much tougher job than I think people realize if you're really trying to do it the right way. Yeah, like so Greg Rosenthal, um, part of our show and was formerly my boss, um, he, he, he started that column. And um, Chris Wessling, uh, who, who's passed on but was one of the greatest football writers and analysts, um, maybe the greatest that I've ever known, um, wrote it as well. And so when I undertook it, I was like, holy smokes, like how, like how do I even do this? Like I literally sought out, you know, advice from Greg, like how did you like manage A, all the writing, but like the film watching, because it's kind of, it, you know, the games happen on Sunday and Monday night. And for me, the column was due on Tuesday. And it's like, I, it, am I like hiring out like interns and staff to do all the stuff I'm supposed to do in the course of 24 hours? Like I would pull all-nighters and try to watch as much film as I could of everyone. Um, but especially the top half, because you're so right. Like you'd make an argument like this guy's top 10. It's like, okay, if he is, like who are you moving out? Um, so it was a lot of like a lot of internal debate and shifting. I think last year was an easier task um, on some level than what Nick is dealing with this year because we've seen so much quarterback like rotation and madness and, and, and you know musical chairs. Last year, I felt like the top four or five guys kind of stayed there. And I, I tried to probably, if anything, I was probably trying to be conservative to not move them around too much off of one or two bad games. Um, it's been, I, I think it's been a tougher assignment this year. Um, I, I, I would say that it's like part of it, my, my thing was like, I want to make the little blurbs because one thing I was told by the editor is like, even if you've got like Gardner Minshew filling in for Jalen Hurts a year ago, and you have to, then you take Hertz out of the lineup. You have to put Minshew in, and that Eagles fan is just going to go see just for his own team where Minshew is, and they want to read their little paragraph too. So you got to like treat everyone special. They got to the point where like it's week sixteen. I don't know what else to say about um, Matt Ryan getting destroyed behind a Colts offensive line. There's literally nothing, no way to describe this um, differently at this point. So that was the challenge: was like coming up with fresh stuff, but. You would, right up to the last minute, I'd be moving guys around. It was just like um, a lot of internal debate. And then, then you'd tweet it out, 
and you're just getting destroyed online for the next three days. So you, you understand the drill. It's like, uh, I, I don't know what the reward was. Um, so I'm happy to have Nick handling it this season. You know, it's funny. I, uh, over the summer, um, I, I'm writing for the 33rd team now, Mark, and they asked me to do head coach rankings hmm. heading into the season, and I did it. And you, you just can't win. Like, nobody, yeah. nobody looks at it and says, my guy should be ranked lower. <laughs> nobody. And they all, by the way, a lot of them have pretty good logic for why their guys should be ranked higher. And it's so hard for the coaches. Like, how am I comparing Brian Dable's one year with the Giants compared to Bill Belichick's however many years, right? Like, you have small – but I had to go by all we had seen from him, which was really good. Like, it was a small sample size, but – that size was actually really good. Um, my last question, I guess, Mark, um, I want to go back to the Browns, actually. What has this season been like? Like, has it rekindled your fandom and then it will go dormant again next year when Watson's back in the lineup? Or is it like as soon as they made that move to bring him in, you felt the way you did from a combination of things over the years and like there's nothing that could bring you back. Look, I think the thing that hasn't changed is that, you know, someone like Nick Chubb, and I know he's not in the lineup, but like Nick Chubb is everything I could have asked for from a Cleveland Browns player. And I think the thing that was hard about making, trying to make a stance, but it's, you know, I wish, I honestly, I think part of it is like, um, if I were working at like a central branch of IBM and like, you know, um, Paramus, New Jersey, I could make this decision on my own and not have to really discuss it among anyone else beyond like significant other or friends. But like having to say something verbally, like on a podcast, like that made it more complex because I'm getting, I, I got a lot of hate and a lot of like, you're not a real fan or this or that. And it's like, it's not that, it's just like, I, I kind of am sitting with it. And so to, to answer your question, like, I don't know. I don't, I just don't know. Like, I think what, what this season isolated right now has done um, is reminded me that like, this is something that I've kind of always, I've always had when I see their uniforms on television, I'm a little more, my, my heart skips a beat more than watching like the Tennessee Titans or fill in the blank. Right. And so that's not untrue. Um, it was put on pause. Like, and I do again, like I do believe like that I should be for a lot of the stuff I've done in my life. Like I've had like parents and friends, like be like, we still love you. We forgive you. Like we're good. You know? And it's like, so do I just hold on to, am I, what, am I the judge or the jury of all this? I don't know. It's like, it kind of turned me off big time. Um, I will wait and see again. Like, I, I feel like I go down these like verbal like mazes cause I'm not sure right now. Like I, I do. I don't think you have to have the answer right now. Yeah, I, I just that's, don't. I think I don't, that's the know? beauty of it. Yeah, I don't. Check um, him uh yeah, sorry, Mark. No, no, um, I, I do appreciate I what they're doing this year, though. I think something that's happening right now, because I think they're all separate from that individual, and it's like something that's happening right now I think is helpful to a lot of Browns fans. I really do. I think it's helpful to a big pocket of Browns fans that were in a weird place, um, I would imagine. I love it. I love your appearance. Thank you for coming on the show. Check him out on social media, at Mark Sessler. Of course, the Around the NFL podcast is outstanding. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ross. Man, really appreciated talking with Mark Sessler. You know, sometimes it's not easy to put certain situations with your team into words and to discuss hard things like that, right? You know what else isn't easy? Learning a new language, 
unless you use Babbel. Listen, do you want to know why people use Babbel? It works. Like what, There's a reason why you guys hear Babbel all over the place now. Because people are using it, and it works. Designed by real people for real conversations. They got these quick 10-minute lessons that my daughters and I loved over the summer. Look, did we become fluent before our trip to Galapagos? No. But were we able to hang and, and handle certain situations? Absolutely. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Ross. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Ross. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tux takes. All right, Ross. Aaron Rodgers confirms that he is not going to be playing for the New York Jets this season. Going to make this my Labatt take of the week, Jack. Presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I'm glad it's at least over now. And I'm glad what I've thought all along has actually occurred which is Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play this year. I never thought there was a chance he would play this year. I never thought it made any sense for him to come back to try to play this year. My guess is that they kept this thing going because it was good for the Jets. It was good to give their fans hope. It was good to give their fans something to potentially look forward to. It was good for Aaron Rodgers to show that he was coming back faster than anybody else, keep his name in the news, look, I might be able to play, Ultimately, never thought it was going to happen. Didn't make sense for them to even attempt it. And here we are. Other than that, Jack, uh, there's some other stuff we can get to tomorrow. Colts had a couple guys suspended. Tony Brown, Isaiah McKenzie for the rest of the season for conduct detrimental to the team. Not a good look for those guys. We'll find out pretty soon what happened there. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out to MyFrontPageStory.com. It's not too late, by the way. It's not. You can order a gift from MyFrontPageStory.com, and then boom, you'll get the, uh, the digital copy, and then the hard copy will arrive after Christmas. To me, it's like a two-for-one. We also have backofficescheduler.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, pizza boy brewing.